Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Live Laugh Larceny discusses true petty crimes that may be disturbing to some. Or could be easy listening to all you psychopaths out there. All stories are based on actual events, eh, but details may vary. Listener discretion is not advised. Welcome to Live Laugh Larceny, the show that restarts the dryer with no intentions of folding the clothes that are in it. (laughs) This is Trevin. I feel personally attacked by that intro. (laughs) I feel like a lot of us probably do. And honestly, I was talking about myself when I did it. And also, I'm Amanda. Welcome. That was a really funny way that you just started the episode. Like you were kind of singing, but kind of not. Yeah, I was thinking about how I usually say welcome to almost the same way every time. And so Ah. it's sort of like my here we go. So I just thought I got to break it up a little bit. Got to switch it up for the people. Yeah. So Trevin... What is your dreadful dilemma this week? Well, then, in good spirit of switching it up for the people. Oh, my God. What do you have? I am actually going to have a serious dreadful dilemma this week. Oh, no. Oh, God. Don't do that. It makes me feel so bad. But, you know, I think I'm just going to say everything is a dreadful dilemma. Oh, Trevin, no. (laughs) I think we've been leading up to this for a while and... You know what? I think I'm just having a bit of a difficult time. Okay. There's just a lot of things going on. And Emily and I finally had a talk about it this morning. So I'm going to be a little vulnerable for a second, which last time I did that, uh, another podcast used it against me to make fun of me. So (laughs) we'll see who uses it this time. (laughs) I've just been having a bit of a difficult time. You know, I took that time off to do all those shows Mm -hmm. and I severely overestimated myself because I thought I was making a move that was going to jump me off of my current job and into a new career. Mm -hmm. And it didn't quite pan out. I overworked myself a little too much and it just wasn't going to end up being sustainable for me to balance out my nine to five and this. I thought I could do it for a couple months and then jump ship and be good. It just wasn't enough work to do it. I still have a few that I'm doing, but I've mainly cleared my plate because I just needed to take some personal me time back. Totally. Yeah. Whatever it was that I did mentally to get myself prepared to be a real busy beaver. Mm-hmm. There's something mentally that I didn't do that got me to kind of get out of that mindset and get back to where I was before. And so 
while I was doing all those shows, Emily was taking care of most of the cleaning. I used to be the guy who always had the dishes done. I hadn't been doing the dishes. Our dishwasher is broken right now. We're not getting it replaced until the first, Mm -hmm. which we're recording this early and it's already been broken for about a week and a half. Damn. That's been going wrong. I've been having some issues with my eating and stuff that's been bothering me. This is actually the first episode in like four weeks that you're hearing me with more than four and a half hours of sleep. Like most of our recording days lately, I've been staying up the nights before to get episodes done because with what little bit of time I have available to myself, I use that to recover and I'm not using it to get myself caught up. Mm -hmm. It's starting what has become like a little snowball down a hill and it's just getting bigger. And I've realized that a lot of my things going on are actually kind of affecting Emily. She's like, the house is a mess. She says, I feel like everything that we're doing, I'm not really keeping up with properly and i'm like well that's weird because i feel the exact same way too and i think me being the partner in this situation did not keep up like i needed to either and it kind of made my issue trickle down to her yeah and that really sucks yeah i think it would be impossible For one partner in a relationship to be going through something where you were going through where literally I was a little worried for your life at one point because you were so busy. (laughs) I was a little scared. But I think it would be impossible for one partner to feel that kind of stuff and it not affect the other one. It's just not how it works. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's how a partnership works. Yeah. You're going to affect those in your life with Mm -hmm. the decisions you make or what's going on or just anytime life throws a curveball at you, the people that love you all feel it too, you know? Yeah. And I think at the time I had put myself in a very susceptible position. It's just like everything has to go right right now for me to make this work. And while I was in a very vulnerable situation, more things happened. Harvey pissed on our bed and... You had gotten sick and it kind of set our schedule off a little bit. So many different things. And I couldn't juggle everything coming up. And I'm starting every week with no sleep. And I'm in like a sleep debt all week. Then I come back with the weekend and relax a little bit. And then I'm up late the next Monday and it just repeats. It's not sustainable. No. I've been dragging ass almost every single day. I will say in true Trevin fashion, back when I used to have these more vulnerable ones, because I haven't had one in a while. Yeah. I will say that there is one uplifting thing (laughs) to bring up in all this. Please tell me (laughs) that there is. So besides Emily and I having a good little heart to heart, and we're going to focus on some little easy wins to get ourselves back in the right direction. Mm I... It was in a weak spot this week, and I actually took the time, and even though a lot of resistance got in my way to stop me from doing it, I found myself an eating disorder therapist. Good job. Oh, my God. Trevin, yes. Good for you. Yes. My psychiatrist gave me a sticky note probably a year or more ago with somebody she recommended no way it's right there on my desk i look at it all the time and i'm like no no i'm not ready i mean i admit that yeah. i have it but i'm not ready to do it yeah but with me feeling kind of stressed with everything mm-hmm. that was the one that my brain was like this is a lot worse of a problem than it probably needs to be to give me an easy win in this direction well it's not an easy win but to give myself one win and feel like i'm progressing this situation from I'm turning it around. Totally. You're taking a very active step yes. by even contacting somebody or even finding them 
a little step, step, step. That is a step forward. No matter how tiny it may feel or seem, Mm -hmm. it is a step forward. Good job, Trevin. Thank you. The person that was referred to me was too busy and couldn't do it. And I had multiple people tell me no. Just because they're so busy? Mm -hmm. And it's confusing too because, and I don't want to get too much in the weeds here. There are two different types of eating disorder specialists that I understand. There's like the psychiatry ones and then there's the dietitian ones. But the dietitian ones also focus on the body image and the way your brain thinks. And the psychiatrist ones don't talk about nutrition. It's very confusing. So it's like, which one do you get? But I found one that said she loves true crime. She loves comedy. So this girl just felt like the right one to me. Oh, my God. Everyone else was giving me really short responses. Yeah. I was just like, listen, I don't know which kind I need. Yeah. What I need to do here. And she gave me it felt like myself because I'm very wordy. Wordy? My Did text, she go on and on? My texts are like, too long. Listen, Trevin. La, 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 la. And you're like, OK, sister. Yeah. Sign me in. <laughs> I told Emily, I said, that is the kind of person I need right now. <laughs> So I said yes, and I I do have a appointment set for the early part of June. Oh, good job. Seriously. And anyone else out there who is struggling, sending support your way too, because we all have our moments, man. Yeah. And sometimes it just feels good to know that you can win something, you know, easy win. That's what I like to focus on. I mean, it's just like training a dog, like we talked about last week. When we try to get Mabel not to bark and throw herself in front of a moving vehicle, we stop her and say, hey, shake. Because she feels good when she can shake because that's easy to do. Mm. So it's just like, I need to tell myself, hey, you're not going to lose 40 pounds and love yourself in one day. Mm -hmm. How about you just pick up the phone and make a call? Yeah. Start off with just something. Yeah. And that's what Emily and I are doing. I took care of all the dishes and she's cleaning up the house right now while we're recording. And we're just doing different things to change the direction in which we're heading right now. And we're not going to continue the same cycles anymore because it's been like two rough months. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Break it now. Mm -hmm. Wow. Thank you for opening up with us. And I also have a dreadful dilemma, but mine's going to be a little more lighthearted this week. Oh, I'm glad, actually. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, thank God. Because trust me, Trevin, could I go down some rabbit holes about how I feel (laughs) lately? Yes. But we'll save that for next week. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) The show notes this week, Amanda and Trevin just whine and complain for two hours and that's it. (laughs) Please don't one star. Oh, no. Okay. I took some notes because this actually happened a while ago. And immediately after it happened, I was like, okay, this is this needs to be shared. So the other day I was playing with both of my daughters and with my husband, Jordan, and he was being the very traditional monster chasing the kids around the Mm -hmm. house. Mm -hmm. And I was on the girl's side. I was like, oh, my gosh, no. And we like ran and we hid in the closet and the baby's room. And, you know, it was like a fun little game. After a while of this, though, because games get repetitive with small children. Yeah, because they just want to keep doing it. They never get bored of it. Yeah. So I was like, okay, what if I turn to the dark side now? Uh Uh-oh. I was like, what if I somehow he transferred his villainous behavior to me? So I transformed and I made a whole dramatic thing. I was just like, and then I like started maniacally laughing, right? Oh, God. What I wouldn't do to be a fly on the wall. (laughs) My five-year-old Lila immediately started sobbing. 
I wondered if that was going to be a problem. Uncontrollable sobbing. And she is like me. We're both very expressive. We're both very emotional. We're both very like hot or cold, depending how we're feeling. But she's not really one to just burst into tears for something like that. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh my God, what? And I was informed that I can never play the bad guy. She hated mm. it. She never wants to see mommy as the villain again. And Lila's the kind of person that she wouldn't like a really artsy movie that makes you question who's <laughs> evil and who's not. She likes the stuff where it's like, I know who's bad and I oh, know who's good. Yes. Like you turning evil would open up too many possibilities of we all have gray areas and oh, anger. Yeah. Which, I mean, she is almost five, so mm -hmm. still pretty young, I would say. But yeah, I don't think she was ready to know that everyone has a dark side. Yeah. <laughs> she wasn't ready. Daddy can be evil. Daddy, sure. Mom, no. I need to have a goddess in my eyes. Yeah, you're like the beautiful princess. She always tells you how pretty you are. <laughs> and somebody who's a beautiful princess cannot be evil. Yeah. So I guess my roles are a little more limited limited than I originally thought. Well, we need to help show her that the world is a little more gray, a little more gray. <laughs> How inspiring. Yeah. Wow. So we are going to do a round of two truths and a lie this week. I've got three wires. Which one do I cut? I'll give you two truths and a lie. But wait, we don't have time for this. And Trevin, are you first? I am totes first. And I have had this little fact for quite some time, and I've been wanting to use it in some way, and I wasn't sure if it was going to be a two truths and a lie, mm. or just a killer fact, but I absolutely love this, and I'm so glad I get to share it this week. Ooh, okay. So are you familiar with Michael Crichton? I don't know. So Michael Crichton is a writer. He wrote the original books for Jurassic Park that became movies. Okay. Okay. He wrote the original screenplay for the original Westworld, which became the TV show Westworld now. Okay. Maybe he's done a few things here or there. Yeah, he's done. <laughs> he made a lot of money by making these things. Most of his stuff is usually like, oh, people turn something into a big spectacle that they love, they enjoy it, and then it turns evil on them. That's generally what he likes to go with. He also did that old movie from the 90s, Congo. Remember about the scary apes? Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to give you two truths and a lie about Michael Crichton. Okay. Statement one. He claimed that the idea of Westworld came to him during a 48-hour coke binge. <laughs> two. He once wrote a critic of his into a book, making him a pedophile with a small penis. Damn. Or three. He created the TV series ER. Um, I'm going to go. I think B is the lie. Okay. And you are incorrect. Oh, no. What is it? Okay, so the lie is that he claimed that the idea of Westworld came to him during a 48-hour coke binge. Ah, oh, damn. I don't know anything about how that inspired him, but I do have some information on these other ones. <laughs> B is absurd. Oh, <laughs> my God. So he did, in fact, I guess it was pretty famously for people in the 90s. I had no idea and I knew stuff pretty well, but I guess he wrote a pilot called 24 Hours, which was about his experiences being a medical student, which then turned into the very famous hospital drama ER, which I think okay. ER was the first of its kind. So in a sense, he really kind of started that whole thing. There may not be a Grey's Anatomy if there was never Michael Crichton's ER. So put some respect on that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
all he did was make the pilot, which then sprung the whole show. And for the whole 15 years, he was credited as an executive producer, which is cool. Damn. And of course, for the main event, Michael Crichton. So Michael Crichton had a critic who worked for a publication called The New Republics. And his name was Michael Crowley. So Michael Crowley made this big thing kind of tearing into one of his books that it came out and said like, hey, it wasn't that good, blah, blah, blah. And so Michael Crichton made Next, which I have no idea what it's about. It didn't become a movie or anything. But he ended up taking Michael Crowley and wrote in a character named Mick Crowley, (laughs) who made him a tiny dicked uh, pedophile. Good God. Basically, and it's really hard for me to kind of move around in these waters, but not only did he explain a explicit act that this fictional version of this critic did, but he also just puts a parenthesis at the end that is like, oh, and by the way, the dude had a tiny dick. Yeah. It's so funny and backhanded. Already saying the things that you said about him, who he is, mm-hmm. is bad enough. And then it's just like, and little penis. Yeah. And it's for like, good oh measure. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so I find that extremely petty and hilarious. Yeah. But at the time, it's pretty problematic. I'm trying to... <laughs> I guess that book came out in 2006. So that was still probably pretty edgy in 2006, but I know the the world has changed a lot since 2006. He ended up dying in 08. So maybe next will eventually be a movie and we'll all know a little secret thing about it. Wow. He went down with a petty ass fight. Yes, he did. My God. Well, I totally guessed that wrong. I thought that was going to be the lie. (laughs) Yeah, I thought that thing's so ridiculous. I don't know if she'd pick that as a lie or not. No. Wow. Okay, so the weather is starting to heat up. So this week I am going to do two truths and a lie about public swimming pools. You. <laughs> All of these statements mm-hmm. are going to be based on a study that was done about public swimming pools. So are you ready, Trevin? Yes. Before I go on, I read a very disturbing article on CBSnews.com about all of this. All of the information gathered was done by a study in 2012 and in the U.S. So let's jump in here. Statement number one. One in five adults pee in the pool. Statement number two. One in eight public pools, hot tubs, and water playgrounds get shut down because of health and safety violations each year. And statement number three, too much chlorine in a pool causes your eyes to turn red. Oh, I'm going to say that the lie is the third one. Just because it's too simple? Is that why you guessed it? (laughs) You know, I just recently heard something about pools. I don't remember where I even heard this, but they said something about if a pool smells too much like chlorine, it actually doesn't have enough. Or yes. something like that? Yes. They talked about that in the article, too. Okay, so you're on to something, Trevin. So, yes, you are right. The third statement is a lie. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Yum, yum, yum. So, one in five adults does apparently admit to peeing in the pool. Does that mean regularly? Like, oh, I can't get in the pool without taking a <laughs> piss. Or do they just mean I've done it once before? I think it's that they've admitted to doing it at all. I don't think they necessarily are regular pool peers. I would hope not. I don't know. <laughs> also, 
A recent report from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention found that one in eight public pools, hot tubs, and water playgrounds are shut down because of health and safety violations, including excessively dirty water. So that's shocking. But statement three is the lie. I know for me, when I was growing up as a kid, I was always told that if your eyes are really red, just don't open your eyes in the water because the chlorine maybe is like burning your eyes or whatever. Yeah, I was told that too. That's why it made me think, oh, this is going to be one of those things that proves me wrong. Yes. So that is the false statement as it turns out. Red eyes and an irritated nose or throat after spending time in a pool is a direct result of bodily fluids in the water, including urine, feces, and sweat. Wait, that's worse. It's way worse. (laughs) I was hoping it would be like, oh, your eyes aren't red from chlorine. It's just because you're stupid. (laughs) And I'd be like, oh, okay, that's fine. But that I could handle. Now you're telling me it's because somebody's pissing in my face? Someone is doing things in the pool they definitely shouldn't be. And your eyes don't like it. Not one bit. Ew. Good thing I don't swim publicly, so. There you go. Trevin, this is one nasty fact that does not affect you in any way, shape, or form. But I haven't done a gross one since, I mean, gosh, I did one about ball pits long time Mm -hmm. ago. And then you went way too gross when you talked about (laughs) fear factor. factor. And then you just felt like, I'm not doing gross for a while. (laughs) a break after the blended rat and back to nasty pools so yeah i hate to ruin it for anyone listening i'm still gonna go to a public pool with my kids so Mm -hmm. you know what you just do what you can maybe mouthwash afterwards eye wash (laughs) they need to have an eye wash station at the (laughs) pool gross yes so are we on to ads yeah let's see what's available this week With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we are back. This one is actually one I just recently found. This is from 2021, so it actually is pretty new. But I decided to go off of my old list, and I just wanted to surprise myself with something new and exciting. Ooh, love that. So I thought this one felt pretty good to me. So let's just jump in and see if we can connect with this petty criminal. I guaranteed we'll find a way. I guarantee. And here we go. Have you ever been a fan of something? If not, may I suggest this independent podcast? I assume most of you answered that first question with yes, however. Even people who try to act tough and say they hate everything I'm too tough to like stuff are fans of something. Through a lifespan of discovering new likes and interests, 
we naturally separate those with the quality we like from the ones we don't. For example, as a kid, I really liked animals. Through years of meeting many animals, I found that kitties were my favorite to spend time with. Therefore, I am a fan of cats. From likes as basic as a favorite species to more nuanced enjoyments, like my pretentious love for art house films, we collect different things to give our loyal support. The one good thing that capitalism brings to my life is a large variety of choices. Thanks to its open competition approach, we can have five different companies selling us the same exact things, but with slight variations. The most clever of brands can trick you into having more than one, but for the most part, we all have our favorites. If you are a person who loves overly processed chocolate snack cakes, then you might enjoy a package of Ho-Ho's by Hostess. Or maybe your taste swings more towards Little Debbie's Swiss Rolls. Hell, you could even prefer Tasty Cake's version with the same name. My point is, between all of these brands, your ears probably perked up a little more when I said the one you prefer. Whether it be a modest change in the recipe, a brand that you align more with politically, or that brand was just what you grew up on, we show our thanks by choosing them every time. We are their fans. That's why we at Live Laugh Larceny officially believe the best snack cakes belong to Insert Future Snack Cake Sponsor here. Although we are all fans of things, the spectrum in which our passions reside can vary. From a small preference to a full-blown obsession, we show our fandom in many different ways. Sign my birth, Justin Bieber! The subject of today's Triple L crime case study is a fanatic of sorts. A man who clearly has a preference and will stop at nothing to have more of it. Clint loved video games. From fighters to mystery solving, those silly little Lego games, and spooky ones that gave him nightmares. There were so many different worlds to explore. From sun up to sun down, the 36-year-old was mashing buttons to his favorite video games. Although Clint would happily play any game he could get his hands on, there was one particular franchise that both stimulated his senses and made him feel like a badass. Call of Duty. Duty. For at least some part of each day, Clint was deep in the 3D trenches of some of the most iconic battlegrounds of our world's past, present, and future. He would flank enemies, capture flags, and hashtag squad up with any players that felt worthy. He was always the scoreboard leader and captained his own clan that he simply named Fuck. As it was the early part of 2021, everybody had a little more time for video games. Britain's pandemic lockdown had forced all of its citizens to stay inside unless coming out for necessary items, causing many to need entertainment at home. Pandemics are boring. Although everyone did have more time to play video games because of COVID-19, Clint had a completely different set of circumstances that allowed him all of this free time. Nearly three months earlier, Clint was wearing a beige jumpsuit, laying on a mattress less than an inch thin, and living behind bars with the rest of Britain's criminals. Through sheer will and an unmatchable slyness, Clint was able to tunnel out using a large hangnail he grew and escape through the prison sewer system. Once cleaned from the poop river, he shaved his beard, put on a disguise, 
and lived a week as Edna, the night shift waitress at the nearby Waffle House. Oh, hello. He fell in love with a patron who always complimented his hair. You look beautiful, angel. And once the heat died down, he ditched the Edna identity and moved in with his boy, Ron. The patron still visits the Waffle House, just hoping to see Edna's face one more time. <laughs> After that completely fabricated backstory to a very real prison escape, Clint had a lot of call of duty to catch up on. When he was arrested for robbery and weapons possession 14 years ago, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare had just come out. There had been at least 14 Call of Duty games since his time in prison. This meant he had a lot of catching up to do. For the past two and a half months, Clint went to war like it was his full-time job. He stormed the jungles of Vietnam. He sprung into the fake 2054 North Korean invasion. And he puked at how awful Call of Duty Ghosts was. Yuck. But when you're playing video games like your life depends on it, 14 years worth doesn't last that long. As Clint was destroying the bad guys and winning the final war in Call of Duty Warzone, a message came onto the screen. You win! You are a total badass! A voice exclaimed as the video game's credits began to roll. Damn, Clint said to himself in a sad tone. I'm all caught up on Call of Duty. He quickly wheeled his chair over to his friend's computer and typed into Google, what to do after beating Call of Duty Warzone. As he clicked the search button, the 1080p OLED monitor flashed the brightest advertisement he'd ever seen. Call of Duty Cold War. You are significantly less badass if you don't own this one. The narrator's voice announced over scenes of graphic violence. Clint bit his lip as the horrors of war were reenacted in sprawling 4K resolution. I need this game, Clint said to himself as he slipped on his shoes. Grabbing his boy Ron, the two jumped into his English version of a car and moved their way to the nearest game store. Dude, I cannot wait to blow up bad guys in the Cold War Call of Duty game, Ron yelled to Clint. I know, Clint replied. I don't even know who the bad guys in the Cold War were. The two looked at each other in a sense of puzzlement. Wasn't it the Antarcticans? Ron asked, unsure of his answer. Clint cracked a smile and began to nod his head. Hell yeah, it was those fucking Antarcticans, he said quite confidently. The ride went on with the two doing impressions of the things they would be doing and the guns they would fire in the game until Ron quickly jerked the car into the nearest parking lot. What the hell was that? Clint screamed as Ron pressed his finger to his lips and shushed him softly. Shh, look, he whispered while pointing out the rear window. Looking out the back of the car, Clint saw a police vehicle drive past. Whoa, that was a close one, Clint said as Ron pulled back onto the road. But just as the two began to head towards the game store, Clint looked back to see the same police vehicle coming up behind them. Oh, you idiot! Clint screamed. Your little pit maneuver just drew attention to us! Ron pulled the car over, knowing full well that his car could not run the police vehicle. We will just act natural and give them fake names, he said to Clint. They've got nothing on us. 
The officer slowly approached Ron's window that had already been down. Hey there, gentlemen. What brings you two into the world during a pandemic lockdown? The officer kindly asked. Ron looked over at Clint and made a subtle hand gesture. We've come to get the new Call of Duty because I can't sit around in lockdown, he said. The officer laughed to himself in a very understanding way. I too support companies that capitalize on atrocities committed by the very country I count on to protect me, he said. I like you boys. What are your names? The two looked at each other in fear. Uh, I'm Pew Brazen, and this here is my friend, Ron said, pausing for Clint to give his name. Clint gave a slow gulp and said the first thing he could think of. The name's Nutsack Amadeus. Nice to meet you. The officer tipped his wool flat cap and responded, Nice to meet you too, Nutsack. I'm going to run your information through our database real quick, and then we can get you on to Call of Duty Cold War. As the officer began to walk back to his car, Clint looked over at Ron. There is no way he believed my last name was Amadeus. The realization of their guilt led the two to spring into action. Both Ron and Clint leapt from the vehicle and practiced all of their battle moves they learned from the video games. Ron flailed his arms like an overcooked noodle, while Clint grabbed another cop by the jacket and attempted to kick his butt cheeks. Sit still. In a few swift moves by the police, the two men were subdued and in the back of the police vehicle. On January 13th of 2021, British escaped convict Clint Butler was arrested after making a suspicious traffic maneuver after spotting a police vehicle driving down the same road. After escaping prison 14 years into his 17-year sentence for robbery and weapons possession, Clint Butler had laid low for nearly three months until duty called. After being pulled over for the abrupt traffic move, police asked Clint and his friend why they were out during a pandemic lockdown. The two responded that they were venturing out to get the new Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War because they were bored during the lockdown. After receiving fake names from the two men, the officers went back to run their information, but were quickly attacked by the erratic gamers. Both men were subdued, put in handcuffs, and placed in the back of the police vehicle. Clint Butler was put back in prison to finish out his 17-year sentence, along with an extra two years for escaping prison and attacking the officers. No information was given on the friend's punishment. So what would you risk going to jail for? I mean, is there anything that you're a fan of that you'd risk jail time just to have in your life? Maybe you all have your priorities in check and would never, but I bet there's at least one of you listening right now that would chance an arrest just to have something as simple as the newest generation of Apple AirPods or a Squishmallow that looks like your dog. Whatever your particular fandom is, I hope that you keep your fanaticism to at least a legal level. Enjoy it from afar. Buy tickets to see it in person. Buy merchandise from a legitimate retailer. But don't put yourself in a bad situation just to indulge in whatever their next product is. Clint Butler may go down in history as a dummy who loves Call of Duty, but I can assure you that the good folks at Activision didn't care at all or even extend a helping hand in his direction. So only give your fandom the amount of love that you're willing to lose because they probably don't care about you. You're just a consumer using your earnings to continue giving them earnings, but not us. Feel free to give us all of the love, attention, and money that you want. Want to be our biggest fan? Do it. Share Live Laugh Larceny on all your socials. Buy our merch when it becomes available. Tell all your friends to listen. And if you find yourself in prison, 
feel free to escape just to listen to us. Had Clint Butler escaped prison and then got arrested in the name of Live Laugh Larceny, I would have put his face on one of our shirts and made him the mascot of our show. But unfortunately for Clint, he chose poorly and decided to support a company that is worth over $60 billion. I do not condone illegal activities, but if you're going to lay your freedom on the line for something that you're a fan of, just pick an independent podcast. Our earnings are so low that we will notice your actions. And no matter what show it is, I guarantee you'll get at least a thank you. I loved the little shameless plug at the end there. (laughs) Hey, I'm just saying, if you were to do that, not only would you make us feel good, but there's no such thing as bad publicity, baby. Oh, man. So all you listeners, go and get arrested in the name of our show. (laughs) Yeah. So I want to know more about this prison escape. I do, too. And so there was not a ton out there at Nothing, all? Not a ton. They just said he escaped. They didn't say whether it was a Shawshank Redemption type situation or if he simply went out through a hole in the fence or climbed it. I don't know. But they just said, having escaped for three months, that's all they said. Holy hell. So I had to give him the story that he dug with a hangnail. Yeah, yeah, that part made me cringe. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, or maybe he pulled a Ted Bunny and jumped out a window. Like, what the heck? It like, could, yeah. Why is this part being said so nonchalantly? They're like, okay, he escaped. But anyway, he did it for Call of Duty. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, the articles gave quite a bit of, like, side information that they didn't necessarily need to. Yeah. So it's like, why didn't you just say how he escaped prison? Are you afraid you're going to give people ideas? Oh. Or I mean, I, that's just an idea. I don't maybe. know. Maybe. That's fair. And also, (laughs) I had to interrupt your story to make sure that those stupid fake names were fake. (laughs) Yeah, you did. (laughs) I needed to know right in the moment. But how embarrassing. Yeah, Pew Brazen and Nutsack Amadeus. I mean, the names are fitting. I said it to Emily. I was like, what do you think about these for fake names? Are they good? And she said, Pew Brazen. I heard it wrong and thought she said Pube Raisin. And I was like, ew, I didn't say Pew Brazen. I said Pew Brazen. And I'm like, oh, I get it. So it's brazen, like braised meats. Pube Brazen. Yes. Delightful. <laughs> That's at least cooler than Pube Raisin. Right, right, right. Who likes raisins anyway? Pubes we can handle. Yes. Thank you. This is an anti-raisin podcast. Very pro-pube. Pro-pube. <laughs> wow. That was a crazy rabbit hole. So are you a Call of Duty fan? I used to be. I really okay. liked the first Black Ops when it came out. I thought that was very fun. But then I started kind of overcomplicating it. And it is a pretty bro-y kind of game. There's a certain kind of guy that likes that generally. Yeah. And I mean, the world shouldn't be one way. You know, it's right. not a binary world. I can still love the manly act of football and still hate most man totally. things. But, I mean, I've been out of Call of Duty for a very long time. They just kind of overcomplicated it. I liked it back when it was simple. But Mm. I know your husband likes those games. He doesn't play video games a ton. And he's really into this one. It's kind of like Grand Theft Auto, but it takes place in the Wild Wild West. Oh, Red Dead. Oh, Uh, that's that's the one he's into. Oh, that's a fun one. Yeah, he likes that. He used to like Call of Duty a lot. Yeah, I used to be a person who played video games. And it was always just like, who am I beating right now? Like. Mm. Mm-hmm. I just want to beat my friends and like shit talk them or I want to beat people online and then make myself feel like I'm better than other people. You is know? that what it is? Because that's never been an interest of mine ever. I like competition. I think competition is okay. fun. I like playing flag football and stuff like that. 
And I don't like to shit talk. I'm not like an asshole who shit talks. Yeah. I hate people who are super competitive and they shit talk. I only shit talk when I know I'm going to lose. Oh. Because I find it more fun for me to be like, hey, Michael Jordan, we'll play one-on-one, you little shorty man. Like, you suck at everything. And then he just like dunks on me. It made it more fun for me to lose yeah, because yeah, yeah. I made it more fun. So I only should talk when I know I'm going to lose. Okay. But now I don't play to beat people anymore. Emily and I got a switch with my money from doing all those shows. And, you know, we get a little drinky drink and we just play Mario Kart now. Oh, dude, that's what's up. And it's just like, I'm not beating anybody. We're actually working as a team most of the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, It's just fun. We're just having fun. So it's like my mentality of gaming has changed a lot, which I feel like that's growth or it's just proof that I've changed. It's a healthier desire to game, I would say. <laughs> I, yeah. I do want to say one other thing about this crime. Maybe it's not odd to me, but it just seems like they very quickly were like, oh, you go back to jail. Yeah, we'll just add two years on. It doesn't seem yeah. like they put a lot of decision making behind it. They just said, eh, we'll tack two years on. Get back in there. I know. What is this life? I just think the importance seemed to be placed in like the totally wrong area. But mm -hmm. I guess if you escape, it's just a two year add on. Shoot. That didn't seem like a lot to me. It didn't to me either, especially when you say, oh, you just got done doing 14 of them. Here, right. we'll add two on. Yeah. Because he only had three left, so now he's got five years. That was probably worth it to him. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> he's like, I was out for three months, back in for two years, whatever. Yeah, and they say a lot of people just get used to that lifestyle anyway. I mean, right. 17 years. God, yeah. You wouldn't would know be... how to be normal again. Well, what a story, Trevin. Thank you. And I also have one for you. Shocker alert. Ooh. So this is another story from the news, and it might have a little tie-in to my two truths and a lie this week. Oh. So let's jump right in, and here we go. There is something so satisfying about taking a dip into a collection of water. From large oceans to small hot tubs, Wading in the water is something virtually every species can enjoy. Aggressive geese flock to ponds to scare small children, while Christians gather around bathtubs to dunk their sins away. Amen. Whatever the reason, water can be enticing, and at times, even criminal. So air up your arm floaties, and put on your goggles, because we're about to dive into the petty pool. 29-year-old Courtney Cox wasn't the traditionally sweet Southern belle. Living in Bossier City, Louisiana in 2013, Courtney currently had two passions in life, swimming and partying. Luckily for her, the Louisiana heat was perfect for combining her passions into pool parties. Courtney's bleach blonde hair, sun-kissed skin, and confidence in a bikini could not be ignored. But it wasn't just her looks that gained her attention. Courtney was the definition of an extrovert. Even though she was an Olympic gold medalist swimmer and now a mother of two kids, Courtney was determined to keep her party girl attitude about life. Mama's getting drunk tonight. So when her friends invited her out to a casino night, she immediately accepted. Yeehaw! Let's gamble! 
Courtney and her two friends arrived at the Horseshoe Casino Hotel with stilettos on their feet and cash in hand. The group of girls started at the bar as Courtney ordered back-to-back rounds of shots for everyone. After guzzling back the booze, Courtney stood up from her bar stool. Come on, you southern sluts, let's hit the slots! She exclaimed as the already tipsy friends followed her to the slot machines. It was an interesting crowd at the casino since the girls chose to go out on a Sunday evening. There was an elderly couple bickering in between spins, a bartender a little too eager for tips, I'll show you my butt crack for a fiver. And a man remaining in the same seat for hours, expelling toots into his Players Club adult diaper. Other than those few riveting attendees, the casino was pretty dead. It was time for Courtney to go all in on this place. The girls threw back continuous shots, causing their decision-making skills to flop. And by 10.30 p.m., each one of them found themselves in bizarre situations. One friend saw the smelly diaper man in a whole new alcohol-induced light as she found herself making out with him at his lucky machine. Today is my lucky day. While the other friend told her sob story of a marriage to the old bickering couple, allowing them to argue over whether or not she deserved a better husband. No way! But Courtney found herself alone just outside the casino's front doors. She closed her eyes and smiled. This was one hell of a night out. The only thing that could possibly make this night better in her mind was a moonlight swim. Suddenly, as if Courtney had hit the jackpot, she heard flowing streams of water in the distance. She opened up her eyes, drunkenly whipping her head back and forth to find the source until she spotted it, illuminated with outdoor lighting and filled with vibrant blue water, was the casino's large outdoor fountain. Without a second thought, Courtney ran towards the fountain, removing all of her clothing along the way. Yahoo! Courtney shrieked in glee, throwing her bra and undies over her shoulder. Reaching the fountain, she climbed up onto the cement ledge and jumped right in. Courtney began splashing around in the cool water like a baby duckling bathing for the first time. The bubbling water tickled her bare skin (laughs) as Courtney began to float and look up at the stars. Hey, you, naked lady! A stern voice jolted Courtney out of her blissful night swim. You can't skinny dip in the casino's fountain! Courtney sat up in the shallow water to make eye contact with a casino security guard. But I wanna! Courtney argued back as she began backstroking away from the guard. Look, lady, I don't want to get the police involved. Just get out of the fountain, get dressed, and call a sober driver to get you home. The security guard reasonably suggested. But Courtney had heard enough. No one was going to stop her fun time. Listen here, you Courtney cursed back. I'm gonna skinny dip and there's nothing you can do to stop me. The security guard stood shocked as Courtney climbed up on the ledge 
and cannonballed naked back into the fountain. I'm gonna need some backup out here, the security guard stated into his walkie-talkie. On Sunday, September 8th of 2013, around 10.30 p.m., local authorities were called to the Horseshoe Casino Hotel in Bossier City, Louisiana. They were told that a drunken and disorderly woman was refusing to stop skinny dipping in the casino fountain and to send help. Once police arrived on scene, they found 29-year-old Courtney Cox, freshly dressed and still soaking wet. According to the casino security guards, they offered Courtney multiple chances to have a sober friend pick her up and drive her home without any charges, but Courtney refused. Instead, Courtney began swearing at the officers, leading to security guards pulling her out of the fountain and putting her clothes back on. Police department spokesman Mark Matale was quoted by Mail Online saying, at one point she started using profanities and refused to stay still. Ultimately, Courtney was charged with disturbing the peace and public drunkenness following the incident. Taking a dip in the petty pool can be exhilarating, but as we all know, the feeling of freedom never lasts. Because once you enter the rocky waters of criminality, it's hard to paddle back to a model citizenship. So make a splash this summer, but remember, to always swim sober and to stay out of fountains. I gotta say, I couldn't stop picturing Courtney Cox from Friends the whole time. I know. And they have the opening scene in the fountain where they're splashing (laughs) around at the beginning of Friends. A lot of articles did make that comparison, which part of me almost didn't even do the story because of that, because... My parents used to watch Friends all the time, but I was never a big Friends Mm -hmm. watcher. I don't know a lot of the inside jokes. And I was like, do I even deserve to have this petty crime? Courtney Cox in a damn fountain? So I'm glad you brought that up. She does spell it differently than... Is it C-O-C-K-S? Courtney Cox. (laughs) I meant the Courtney part. Oh, no. I meant the Courtney part uh the actress courtney cox actually spells courtney with like an extra e in there somewhere okay so it was definitely not monica but and i did put this in there but i wanted to remind everyone that the courtney in my story was a decorated olympic gold medalist in the 400 meter individual medley for swimming Whoa. So So she did love swimming. (laughs) She does love swimming. Didn't make that up. Wow. So I went back and forth on how I should tell this story. Should I try and go a friend's route? No, I don't know any of the inside jokes. That would be horrible. Then I was like, okay, should I touch more on the fact that she's an Olympic swimmer? But anyway, ultimately, I had fun telling it this way the best. Wow. I'm shocked by the Olympic swimmer part. Yeah. And might I add this too? And I almost found myself guilty of doing it just because every single article said it. And after I started to do it, too, I stopped myself. But every article was so quick to point out that she was a mother of two. Okay. 
A mother of two did this. A mother of two. Which I think I touched on it just as a description in the beginning. Is that like a shamey sort of thing? It was a shamey thing. And part of me, just because every article was saying it, when I was doing my recap at the end, where we just kind of like tell all the truths together, I almost described her as a mother of two. And I was like, why? Who cares? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I read it so much that I almost did it too. And it's not a bad thing. She's probably proud to be a mother of two. It was the way in which they were saying a mother of two took off her clothing and got drunk and wild out. And it's like, you know what? Yes. Should she have done that? Absolutely not. No. But like, why does that have to be such a big part of it? She's a 29 year old. Okay. So you're saying it seems more like it was shaming her for being a mother who's doing these acts. Yes. I thought you meant it was a body shamey thing. Like, oh, it's a mother. Oh, no, no, no. I think it's more like, God forbid a mother take her top off on a wild night. You know, it's Mm. like, shut the fuck up. Like, yes, I'm not condoning it. You shouldn't go streaking in fountains at casinos, obviously. Well, I wouldn't want to jump into a fountain anyway, just because I don't know what's in it. You know what I mean? Like, what if it was really shallow and you hurt yourself or there was something that could shock you? I don't know. I mean, you don't know what anyone is throwing in that fountain. Mm -mm. I did look it up. I looked up a picture of the hotel because I was like, I need to see how big of a fountain and that's why i called it a large one because it is freaking large you said she backstroked in it so oh it's large it's like one of those big berthas it's like swimming pool size with big fountains going up Oh, super cool like a big old casino-y fountain so (laughs) i'm really glad i saw that visual and i'll post it on our social media too because (laughs) i was just picturing her like really swimming in it Mm -hmm. i mean if you're a person who swims a lot and that's like your love and then you've got a real spectacle of a swimming spot and you're drunk yeah i know be hard to say no to it it would be hard it would be hard so obviously i don't even know any of the backstory of how we got to this place and all the other friends even and bystanders in the casino were made up i don't even know if she was with anyone no article gave any sort of reason like if she was celebrating with friends with a boyfriend with like i don't know who Mm. she was with or what she was doing uh no articles talked about that at all that'd be wild if she was just there by herself i know you have to be turning up by yourself to go do that but then on the other hand i'm like if she was with people why didn't one of them just be like come on get out of the fountain mm-hmm. help like, her a little bit yeah so i'm like where were her friends where was anyone and the fact that they kept being like you can call a sober friend to come get you it's like either the people she was with weren't sober enough obviously or she was by herself mm-hmm. i really don't know which was which but i liked the visual of her going with friends yeah she could have just been one of those friends which i know we have a couple of them that just get a little (laughs) drunk and then just wander and do horrible things alone yes not horrible but like just (laughs) dumb things yeah it's a good thing you saved that yeah so connections i was hoping that maybe you had one but um i'm not gonna lie to you trevin the only thing that even remotely crossed my mind was that both of our petty criminals were going to do whatever it took to get what they wanted. But I mean, that's pretty common. Yeah, I mean, it's a little loose, but like my guy was a fan of Call of Duty. Your person was a fan of pools, I guess. Yeah, fan of swimming. Yeah, that one's really tough. That one is tough. Yeah, no, I'm drawing a complete blank on this one. So if you guys have a better connection, 
please let us know. I think and that's two in a row without obvious connection. Was it last week when we didn't have one again? I don't think we had one last week and then we obviously didn't have one for listener stories. Wow. Well, we do have a connection just within my own stuff today. I do love that. Yeah. Nasty waters. You guys got to beware. Beware. <laughs> beware of that nasty water. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, I hope everyone is having a great week and just remember that no matter the crime, big or small, in the end, we're all doomed. All doomed to get a little pee in our eyes. <laughs> Bye. See ya. Thanks for taking a break from swimming to enjoy our show today. And don't play the villain in our petty crime game. Why don't you follow us on social media? Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, or Twitter. Live, laugh, larceny. And if you have ever escaped prison, for the love of God, please tell us how you did it. Send it to our email, livelaughlarceny at gmail.com. And review our show the same way Courtney Cox would review swimming in a fountain. Give us five wet and wild stars wherever you review podcasts, Apple, Spotify, or Good Pods. Angina. (laughs) But we're quickly attacked by the erotic. Erotic. (laughs) Okay, you have vagina and erotic on the brain. Oh, no. Emily, get primed and ready, (laughs) baby. Trevin wants to do erotic things to you. (laughs) Surprised she's not running down the stairs right now. (laughs) 